0: On this episode, I get the opportunity to sit down with Steven DeFabio, one of our top account executives here at Fund Loans as a highly decorated college athlete that went on to play in the CFL before starting his sales career, he has experienced what it takes to go from getting your teeth knocked out to becoming a top producer. We discuss techniques like overcoming objections to high interest rates and fees to effective ways of getting your prospects attention. Listen close as Steven and I drill down on how to improve your sales skills and to successfully awaken yourself to start finding million dollar deals.
1: Welcome to the Million Dollar Mortgage experience podcast. Listen in as CEO John Maddox of Fund Loans reveals tips, secrets, and origination ideas to fill your pipeline with million-dollar opportunities.
0: Welcome to the show. I'm here with Stephen DeFabio. Thanks for coming on, Stephen. John,
1: appreciate you having me on here. Excited to be here.
0: I know uh, you're you're the one on the you know on the sales floor that just nonstop sales sales, sales, sales. So I know that taking a minute out of your day uh, means you might have a smaller paycheck.
1: Hey, that's okay. I'm just I'm just happy to be here and uh, give some give some motivation, give some information to the people out there that that need some help on the phone. so
0: awesome. So tell me a little bit about how you got your start in sales.
1: That's a great. That's a great question. I mean, I, I've like most people, I kind of stumbled into the sales world when I was about twenty-five because I didn't really have any other route to go. So, so I was selling marketing for for a, a small company out here in San Diego. Pretty much got my teeth t- teeth kicked in. Every single day, okay. and I would say it took me about two years to to finally skill up, and I started following a guy named Grant Cardone. I'm sure a lot of you heard of who he is, but started following him, and and yeah applying a lot of the stuff that, that I learned from his material and, and, and implemented that and what I learned from him and, and, you know, started crushing it doing, I was actually just selling short-term unsecured loans at the time, small to medium-sized businesses and, and, and started making a lot of money and and leading a team and doing really well at that. Do you think that um,
0: the, like, I know he talks a lot about mindset and what do you think it was the biggest thing that you learned from Grant Cardone as far as like sales goes? What, what, shifted you from being like a mediocre salesperson to being like one of the top?
1: This is a great question, too. And I think the big thing was role playing. And it's something that's not utilized by a lot of the sales companies out there and you know it's important to know what you're going to say
0: yeah it's like practicing right like you don't just go out on a football field without you know practicing and you know making sure you guys all play well together and team and and all
1: that and i compare it to to the navy seals the navy seals train for two years before they even go on an operation right and they no matter if they have an operation or not they they're 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 preparing for that every single day Right. Right. So, I mean, you got to know what your mission is and, and what you're going to do every single day and what you're going to say, you know, or else, or else you're just guessing. And, and, and that's not uh, a great way to go about anything.
0: Right. So, so, I mean, you do, you do a lot of phone sales. I know that's still a thing, you know, even sure. though 90 or 85% of people don't like to answer the phone. So I'm sure you've got some techniques that you can share with our listeners about, uh, you know, how, how do you get through someone who's, you know, doesn't want to talk on the phone? How do you get through to, to them and how do you make it effective?
1: Well, you know, the big thing is you got to have a reason why you're calling them and you got to believe in that reason. Right. You know, what makes you different from the other 60 callers who's calling them that day? So, You know, the first thing is going to be your mindset and them the right mindset in going into that call and being prepared for that that hostility and that initial kickback. So that's why it's important to know what you're going to say. I mean, really, in that first call, you're just trying to get their attention. Right. And... Get them to to actually listen to you. Get get on get on the same level of communication with them. Right. Because a lot of times they're just you know they're just saying oh I'm not interested. They're not even really talking to you yet. They're They're trying to get back to what's
0: going to make them money and what's what's important to them. Yeah. So what I've I've definitely overheard a few of your. I guess I can call them lines, but uh, they're, sure. they're really, really interesting. And I think that, you know, if you share a couple of them, it'd be really interesting to, to, to our listeners.
1: Yeah, I think a big one, especially on a cold call, if someone you don't know, mm-hmm. tell them right up front you don't know. So if I'm calling you, John, hey, John, John, and don't even say, don't say, hello, John, this is Stephen over at ABC Mortgage. How you doing today? John, you don't actually know me. This is Stephen at ABC Mortgage. Do you got two minutes.
0: Right, because they're not
1: going to say no. They might say no, but at least you gave them the option. Perfect. Hey, no, perfect. That's exactly why I'm calling you. I'm going to be very brief, John. The reason I'm calling and then go right into it. You got to get right to the point. Sure. Anything anything like that. Or if you don't want to do the two minutes, go, John, don't actually know me, Stephen, over at ABC Mortgage. Did I catch you at a halfway decent time? You know, things... (laughs) People value their time, and like you said, most people don't like to get those those unexpected phone calls, solicited phone calls. So let them know, and you got to bring altitude to this call. Let them know you're somebody; you're not just one of the fifty callers who's calling and, and, and bsing and wasting their time. Right. And, and let them know you're going to be quick. And to you the you, you
0: got to give them value, right? So you're you're telling them a couple things that are really could potentially help them make more money right out the gate, right? Like you're sure. You're, you're telling about a product that, you know, maybe they don't have or you're telling them about something that like what you're not going to brag about yourself necessarily. Right. That's not that's probably one of the worst things you could do. Right. I,
1: I, I don't know if I'd call it bragging, but I do. I do throw something out there to catch their attention. OK. You know, I, I, I you mean, a, for me, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on, sure I'm on the banking side, just so you know. So I'm, I'm not a loan officer. I'm on the banking side. So I'm actually calling loan officers um, to to get their business and to, to get their loans in the door with us. So I'm telling them I'm doing $20 million a month in non-QM super jumbo in your market. Yeah, that'll get I your just, attention. You know, I, you got to get their attention. You got to make a big... I mean, I'm talking gargantuan claim, huge claim to get their attention. And they're right. probably not going to believe you. Right. But But at the, that point, you're really just trying to get their attention and, and, and get them to talk to you.
0: That's good. Do you, t- do you do text messages as well? I know you do a lot of emails, but I think text messaging to me is, is important. I know like that's some, maybe that's something you don't do or is, or is it something you do?
1: I, I love texting. Okay. I think texting is great. I think another thing too, that, that a lot of LOs could actually utilize, especially if they're doing a lot of phone sales is after you get off the phone with someone you talk to, so, so send them, send them a quick 30 second selfie video. Okay. Makes you very real. Yeah. Turns you into a real person. Say, John, this is Steven over at ABC Mortgage. Just want to put a face to the name, show you I'm a real guy. Looking forward to helping you with your next transaction. If you need any help or have any questions, give me a call anytime. Happy to chat. That's as simple as that.
0: Yeah. Just a quick little video. And then they, they get it on their text message, which never can go to junk. It can never go to, you know, they can't say they didn't get it or they didn't see it. It's actually there on their phone. They can yeah. see it whenever they want. So you're not interrupting them necessarily. And they might just watch it on a break or when they're, you know, in between something and you're right. Putting a face to a name and, and getting your, your message back out there is. I think that's a huge point. So I, I would definitely do that. I think that's a great point. I want to yeah. talk about some objections that. That we see is uh, in in the non-QM space. We get a lot of objections uh, because these rates are higher. Of course, you know for sure uh, for non-QM. And so, uh, what would you say is one of your best objection stoppers for you know,
1: man? That's a high rate. I'm with you. It is a high rate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go. Obviously, you want to go. I'm I'm being half sarcastic, but it's true. I'm with you. It is a high rate. Right. The reality is, though, for for where you're at, I got you the best. You're getting the best rate that's available to you on the market right now. That let you, me tell that you, why. you qualify for yeah, that you qualify for. Let, let me let me take a minute and tell you why, and then go into everything about their whatever it's sure. their credit or their income situation or it's the type of property that they're trying to finance. But just agree, obviously, don't don't, don't start. Mm. Not agreeing with, the worst thing you can do (laughs) is start disagreeing with them and and say, Start fighting. Well, no, no, let me tell you, you know, just say, hey, John, I'm with you. I, I know it's a high rate. Yeah. Let me tell you why it's the best deal on the market for you. Yeah. And then you probably get into payment
0: instead of rate, right? Like you talk about the payment. Sure. I think most people who sell non-QM know at this point or, you know, have been in the business long enough to know that you got to sell payment and not rate because payment, you know, people can afford, they look at, if they're looking at the payment versus the rate, you know, maybe it's an interest only payment. So that, that's actually going to help with that monthly nut every month. So.
1: Definitely. And you, you would know that better than me, John, being, being on, being a a ball in LO like you are for, for so many years. So. Thank you. Yeah. It's, um, you you
0: get a lot of objections, a lot. Some of them are, uh, you know, why, why, why do I have to do two appraisals on a jumbo loan? Like super jumbo, like, like they get really kind of irritated that they have to pay for two appraisals. Have you ever had that, that objection?
1: I'm um, sure I mean say hey you know I'm with you if, if I could if I could just do one appraisal for you it'd be the first thing I do but for this lender who does this special type of transaction they require to don't worry though we'll get on them quickly for you we'll move you along in the process yeah just just overcome objection they're just they're they're um they they're just complaints they're not even really objections right. they're just complaints they're
0: not real and I think in the in the long, like in the big picture they want you to give them a reason to say yes but they're trying to throw out their fears like, and, and just tell you about what kind of is, is bothering them. But if you come back with something that's that's true and, and, and kind of makes sense and it's sure. logical, reasonable, uh, and you can move them past that fear or that objection, I think that, that's huge. Sure, um, definitely. What, what about upfront points? A lot of these loans, like with non-QM, have upfront points. Um, you know, if you ever hear that, like, gosh, I had to pay points?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean that's obviously a big one out there too. And just agree with them. Hey John, I'm with you. It is a it is a lot of points up front. It is a lot of money up front. You know, the reality is for this type of transaction to get it done, you know, we're gonna need to do that. But the but the the good the good part, or the good, the good part about that is what we're going to end up doing for you in the, in the long run. Right. Which is like, you kind of mentioned a few minutes ago about the net tangible benefit of the actual transaction. I know it's a lot of points. If it was up to me, I wouldn't pay any points.
0: Grandma was lending you money. Yeah. (laughs) would do it for free. no No points, no interest. Um, one of the things I like about the points thing, the one thing that's worked for me and I don't have to use it that much, but is, is dividing it over the life of the loan and then telling what portion of their payment is those points. You know what
1: I mean? That's, so, that's ge- see, that's genius. So if you take the that let's say it's how much two it really points is. and then yeah. you divide
0: it over the life of the loan, and say, well, it's, it's only you know 18 dollars of your mortgage payment a month. Is it? Is, are you going to really not do the loan because you're paying seventeen dollars more a month? You know, in your in your mortgage payment, and they always say, "No, no, of course I'll, I'll you know pay." That's not a lot. Seventeen dollars a month more in my payments, not a lot. Uh, that's one. But one thing I love is when they ask, "How many points is the loan?" And they and usually I'm under two, right? I'm like one and a quarter, one and a half, depending if it's borrow paid or if it's on a comp plan. But I always say, well, the good news, is it's not points plural. It's only one and a half or it's only one and three quarters. And, you know, and so that, that, that always, cause the, the plurality of that question always just makes you smile. So.
1: Sure. I, I, anytime you could bring humor into, into any of these two, it's, it's huge too. You for know? sure. For sure. So, um, how many phone calls do you make a day? Would you say on a good day? Not as many as I should be right now. But to be totally candid, I mean, I, I used to make at least a hundred phone calls a day. Right now, what I'm, I used to actually, I used to make about 150 phone calls a day. In this position, it's a little bit different because we're, it's, it is a, there's a lot to our process, and um, we are doing these these high net worth, super jumbo loans with a lot of moving pieces. So I do have to be involved with my loans. But you know, I try to at least block out two hours a day and make 50 to 60 phone calls solid phone calls a day. And I think if anyone does that in any industry, they'll see a huge benefit and increase in their business. And the name of this game really is keeping that pipeline constantly um, rejuvenate is rejuvenating the right word. I think that's the wrong word, but constantly just replenishing, yeah. replenishing that pipeline really is the name of the game when it comes to sales. Really,
0: think, is. think about think about sales. Think about the the average salesperson, and think about how many phone calls they probably make. Listeners, you're listening right now. How think about maybe even try to track that. Find find out how many phone calls you make a day to to your whatever borrowers or potential clients prospects or how many, you know, new origination type of, you know, referral source partners, you're reaching out to every single day. If you're only doing one or two or five, even you're missing a huge opportunity because it's really a numbers game. It's like a funnel, right? All sales has always been a funnel and I'm, my hands are out. Like you can't see it, but like, you know, a big, big V you start with a lot and then you end up with, you know, a small amount at the very end, but if sure. you don't start off with that a lot of, you know, you know, tries, right? It's like shooting baskets. If you're, you know, you can't make the first one, but if you make, if you shoot 20, I hope you make one, right?
1: Chances, chances are you get, it's it's the first reason you make a call anyways is to get lucky. Yeah. (laughs) Really is like you you, you might, if you make a hundred calls. doesn't exist
0: if you don't try to to make a call,
1: right? Exactly. If you don't even try, you ain't going to get lucky, you know?
0: (laughs) So true. Oh man. Um, I I think, you know, if, if, if you can learn anything from this, this podcast is, is the more you do, more sales calls you make the more money you'll make just And you got to, it's like practicing, you know, you you practice makes perfect, but you got to practice perfect. You can't be sloppily practicing, you know, if you have, if you have really bad, if you're calling, you know, a hundred people a day and you can barely speak, you know, you you don't know what to say. You don't have any good, you haven't practiced, you know, role playing. Like you said, I think that's huge. You know, is there, there's gotta be resources, right. Where you can role play or just what role play with yourself in the mirror. You know, it'd
1: be great if you have a, if you get a buddy who's kind of on your page and, and wants up their game in your office, I'd, you know, do 20, do 30 minutes. We used to do 30 minutes a day, every day. And we'd beat the, 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 can I swear on this podcast? Yeah. We would beat the shit out of each other. I mean, not interested, go F off. I mean, we kill each other. So when we got on the phones, that honestly became so much easier. But if you can find a buddy to role play with the shoes, if not 30 minutes in the mirror, First thing in the morning. This is before. You, this is right. This is like warming up in basketball. This is your warm up before right. the game. So right before you start making your calls, do that. And I'm telling you right now, it'll change your. It'll change your game. It'll change your. It'll change your income big time.
0: I think a lot of people in this world want easy street, right? We always say, "I'm looking for easy street." You know, I don't want to have to work hard. But the reality is, to to have you know the money that the one percent has, right? it's one yeah. percent. It's not a lot. It's not the majority of people. You're wanting to do something special. You have to do more. You've got to practice. You've got to invest in yourself. You've got to try to learn new techniques. And to learn new techniques takes effort, takes time, takes energy, takes sure. work. So I think one of the things that, you know, beyond just experience in this business and time is, is actually working on yourself, perfecting those little, you know, phone calls that you're going to make or those text messages, find really good text messages. Uh, One thing that I learned when I got back in the business, I took a little time off um, when the crash happened. Uh, But one of the things I learned quickly when I came back is text messaging had blown up from the time that I took off. And I always thought, you know, give a bunch of information, write like a decent text that has a lot of information in it. And I would never get responses from that or people would, you know, it'd be harder. What what happened is I quickly turned that into the opposite. And the opposite was just a very short message. And then, and then having a question mark at the very end, like, you know, hello, did you get my message? Question mark. Or hello, you know, um, do you have a second to chat? You know, question mark. And that... People, when they see a question mark, it, it, it triggers something in their brain that they've got to do and take an action. Um, and especially if it's short and seems easy and, and it's not going to take them long, yeah. our human nature right, tells us to do things that are easier and can we can knock it off the list faster. So if you see a short message with a question mark at the end, Uh, you're, you're going to, um, get a good response. One of the things also is, is a takeaway. Uh, one of the things I would do to to try to get people who were looking to buy a home is I would, I would say, I just put a little question mark at the end of this. I'd say, are you presently locked in a lease? And I put a question mark and that's kind of a takeaway, like a disqualifier. Like you, you may not, you're not going to maybe qualify for this loan if you're locked in a lease, but most people think I can probably get out of my lease. Right. And so it like gives this right. like this real psychological, uh, way for someone to literally want to respond, uh, and, and kind of come back at like, no, I actually, yeah, I can get out of the lease. I'm not locked in a lease. Yeah. That's not a disqualifier. But, um, for some reason that worked really well for me.
1: That's all, you, so you would send those out to borrowers? Yeah, to borrowers. I would just, you know... Did you even talk? You never even talked to these guys,
0: right? Well, I'd I I'd leave them a message because most of them wouldn't answer, right? If you right. buy leads or if you get, you're getting leads right. online, um, these people are hard to get a hold of a lot. So, um, you know, I would just, hey, I got your inquiry... Um, just curious are you locked in a lease like i got your inquiry that you wanted to buy a house just curious are you presently locked in a lease question mark and then send that out and then that would prompt typically really quick no i'm not locked in a lease and then you know there's many other things you could say like are you you don't sure. want to say, like, how soon do you want to buy? That's that's the dumbest question, yeah, right? Yeah. You're just
1: trying to open up a dialogue, I think, with them, yeah. more or less. Right, John? Right. Pretty much. Yeah, trying to get it, them in communication and open up a dialogue with them. You have to dialogue. get their attention.
0: You have you know? to get their attention. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we talked about some other objections. Um, well, let's talk about some origination ideas. Um, today I was... I was I know, you You know, you're overall, you've done all kinds of different sales and stuff. But, you know, I, to be good at sales, you have to have an open mind as to where you can get business from. And I think a lot of our listeners on, the, on, on this podcast are trying to find big jumbo loans They're trying to find, you know, non-QM business and learn how to get that kind of business. One of the things that happened to me today uh, on my drive to, to I went to get coffee and then on the way, way to, to the office, I literally just, oh, I was just kind of like, took my my brain off autopilot because I wasn't going the regular way to work. I was actually, I went to another place to meet somebody and then got coffee and then I was going a different way to work, which, which this, this kind of, they've, they've said research on this stuff works where like, if you take a different way to work, sometimes it changes your brain, like gets you out of autopilot. Right. So, um, so happened. I pulled up at a stop sign and right across from the stop sign was a building. And on the building, the sign said business coach or business coaching and I instantly thought that place has a bunch of business coaches that are giving you know, advice to what business owners, right Or people who are trying to get business. And what, what a great place to actually go and introduce myself to, to them, tell them what I do. I help self-employed borrowers and that we don't need tax returns to qualify. And I didn't go in there, but I was thinking that would be an amazing referral source. Just something like that. So my point is, often that we're, you know, going through our day, we are on autopilot. Our brains are just, you know, they're on autopilot. They're not thinking about where I can get business. But there are so many opportunities out there. In you know, if you're driving, you see uh, shopping centers or you just see signs. There, you know, I can tell you so many stories about places. If you just turn off your brain, you know, turn your brain back on from autopilot and and. That's tough uh, for most people nowadays. It is. It's so tough, especially because of Wake social up. media. Yeah. <laughs> There's social media that's like, what's the next thing on social media? I want to be fed. I want my brain, my my addiction. I want my, this, they say that social media, right? It like triggers what serotonin in your brain and dopamine, dopamine, dopamine.
1: Yeah. It's in the, it's, it's, it's an addiction.
0: It is an addiction. And and we're just being fed this stuff every single day that we have to like really live. Like you just said, wake up. We got to like put our brains back in our control so that we can think out of the box. Really do. You know? So really what, where's a, like a strange place that you've gotten business from?
1: <laughs> it's a great question. So it's tough to say. I mean, there's so many different places like what you just said. I mean, that, that's thinking outside the box and really looking for opportunity. And that's what you need to be doing is constantly looking for opportunity, especially if you're looking to grow your business, which most of us who are listening to this are probably doing. Mm-hmm. Um the strangest place... What you're doing is not, really doing is not
0: p- working. You got to do something else, right? It's like you the do. definition of insanity is to continue doing the same thing, expecting a different result.
1: Exactly. And like you said, you got to have more than one outlet for business. So you can't just make calls and expect to get business. You can't just send emails and expect to get business. You can't just go on the MLS and call realtors and expect to get business. You can't just go to CPA offices and expect to get business. Do them all. Right. Do do them all and and... The more you do, it's like we said earlier, the more that you do this and you hone your skills with each of these specific outlets, you know, your 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 business will grow tenfold, you know.
0: Yeah, and and you know, their ti- our title is mortgage loan originator, right? We have to find we're getting paid to find loans. Yeah. So 8 hour and it's really not an 8 hour day job anyone who's been in the loan business a long time they know this is a non-stop weekends nights whenever right whenever there's a customer you're on so you know as 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 a loan originator every single day our job is to find loan off or loans wherever they might be and non-QM. And I know you, and I want to ask you about this, uh, Stephen, cause you, you talk to a lot of mortgage brokers and you get, you get them to submit loans to fund loans, which is, you know, w- w- what we do here, obviously. Um, but what, uh, where, where are some of your mortgage brokers getting these? Are they getting fallout from banks? Are they getting, um, you know, or is it, are these loans that are brand new purchases that are brand new loans that, that haven't seen a bank yet or haven't seen another, like another lender or source,
1: I would say a good amount of them are fallout from the banks or from more conventional lenders for the most part. A lot of them too, they, they definitely got great. They're, they get a lot of referrals. They, they've been, been doing the business a long time and, and people just know them as the guy that, that can get these type of non-QM super jumbo deals done. Now, if you're just getting started, I really think it goes back to what I just said. You really need to get your name out there and your number one, your number one problem right now is obscurity and people don't know Who you are and what you can do so getting out and letting people know who you are what you do for those newer guys it's going to take a lot of work and it's going to take a lot of effort but that's the only way to to kind of get out of there but like i said yeah a lot of for the most part a lot of them will be fallouts from other conventional lenders and and um you know a lot of them obviously have built up a good referral source over the years of being in the business so i would say that's probably the majority of of where it comes from what is
0: a good reason for a mortgage broker to use you as account executive? You're, I, I, From my v- viewpoint, uh, you're like a teammate, right? You're like a, maybe like a quarterback or something, or maybe not the quarterback. If the loan officer is the quarterback, you'd be like a re- wide receiver or someone, someone else along the member coach, maybe like, w- what would you say? How would you describe what you do in this process of doing the loan and th- these jumbo non-QM deals? Like what, sure. What's I, hate your, is,
1: I hate to disagree with you, John, but I kind of <laughs> see myself as the quarterback of the entire process. I really do. You know, I mean, and, and we, I really am. I mean, I, I'm i running the show pretty much. I'm bringing these loans in and, and I got to... Make sure and walk them through through processing to to underwriting to to closing to funding the deal all the way through to make sure everyone's doing their job and so you're not like a, the typical A E who I always see is on
0: vacation and it's like not in the office there's out, you know who knows a happy hour which is fine but you know if, in this in this type of business and our niche you've got to be active you got to be next to the underwriter you got to be you know constantly working with your account manager right and you got to be sure uh, you know on the phones handling fires, making sure the train track, you know, the train stays on the tracks, the loan stays on the tracks.
1: Definitely for sure. And that's a big thing, accessibility and and brokers being able to call you and talk to you and and you being able to talk to your underwriters and processors about the file. I mean, that's kind of what separates me is, and I'll do whatever I need to do in order to get the file done. If it's a good loan, I I will, I will do whatever I have to do to get that loan done. And, and, um, you you know, know the
0: products, right? Like you've, taking the time to learn the products, if a a mortgage broker calls you and says, Hey, I've got a, um, borrower, uh, who, you know, the, the wife is W2 and the husband, uh, is self-employed or vice versa. And, um, you know, their the self-employed incomes only, you know, maybe a year and a half old, like you would know it's like, what, what would you, what would you say? Like, what?
1: I would tell say me perfect. more, right? <laughs> my, my first question would be they have a they have a history of their they're they're self employed. They have a history of being in that same line of business. That'd be my first question. But absolutely, the big thing is structuring these things up front. So since you are the quarterback and you're running the show, your team knows exactly what the deal is when it comes in the door. And structuring these things up, up uh, structuring these things correctly up front makes just a huge difference for for the broker, for the borrower. It lessens the back and forth, which drives people nuts about the mortgage industry. Which is what they hate about the mortgage industry. Really, is that ambiguous, antiquated process. Right. So, um, being able to structure those up front, knowing your shit, definitely. Right. And being accessible for these guys is why you want to go with a guy like me. Definitely. Why you should always go with a guy like me. I, I agree. I think uh, anyone listening
0: should should call Steven to Fabio. <laughs> give, give him a chance. Run
1: your scenario by him. Give me one deal. Yeah. Give me one deal. If I don't exceed your expectations, I'll never expect you to do business with me again.
0: All right. I like it. <laughs> um, anything
1: you want to leave? Uh, wh- let me ask you this. What was your favorite
0: failure like in, in business? Just overall, like something that you learned a good lesson from?
1: I tell you what, my first sales job, I got my teeth kicked in so bad. I was a football player. I had, I had an ego. I still got an ego about me, to be totally candid, right? But, I mean, I was a football player and, and used to kind of get in my way. And um, coming into the sales world was just no one no one cared. And, you know, making 150 calls and, and talking to 10 people that tell you to F off was a very humbling experience. And, uh you know, th- that, that, that was probably the, the biggest eye opener for me that like, okay, this, the, the, you, you got to get your, your shit together. And if you want to stay in sales, better learn how to sell. Right. So I guess my, I mean, I've had a lot of, listen, I fail every day I yeah. quit every day, but I keep showing up and I keep working at it. And I keep trying to be the best version of myself that I am in, in all areas of my life. So, um, you know, you just got to stay the course. Know who you are and and um you know yeah, keep on doing your deal. keep with, on doing your deal. You
0: gotta surround yourself with people that are positive too. Definitely I
1: mean. do. So uh yeah, who who I'm I'm listening to nowadays? I'm obviously a huge Grant Cardone guy. I used to work for Grant Cardone. If if you don't know who he is, suggest you go look him up on YouTube and get on his platform. Um, big guy. Did you was, ever
0: fly on his jet? Did you ever get to go on his jet?
1: I never. I barely. I got to shine it up once. Maybe that's about it. He let me clean it once. No, he didn't even let me do that. So and I that's wasn't. Inspiring. This is before. This was actually before he had his jet. Okay. His ge. He actually got a new jet recently. I forget what it's called. Upgraded from the Gulfstream, but. Um, you know, a big guy I listen to too, uh, Jocko Willink, Navy SEAL commander, badass guy, just kind of gives it to you straight. I'm a I'm, I'm very bold, transparent guy, and I like those individuals who are the same ways. Um, Jordan Peterson's another one. Uh, more into psychological stuff and and uh. but just filling your head with positive thoughts and p- filling your head with
0: with information that's going to make you know that resonates with you that you so you can go attack and this this is a, this business is is fight you know it's like a, it's like a war you got to go out and fight you got to get yep. that business right I mean one of, one of the, my favorite quotes was the uh, the the movie The Founder I don't know if you saw that the uh, McDonald's I haven't
1: seen that uh, I want to see that one though That's the McDonald's guy right
0: yeah yeah, yeah. I, there's some really good quotes in that movie. I can't think of one right now. But one I think was about um, how, how competitive, you know, being competitive and wanting this business. But I think, you know, we're in a sales job. And if you can't find loans, then you need to find another job. If you, if you literally can, can't find a loan, you, you go a month without funding a loan. I don't think this business is for you. You know, no, unless you're unless you're taking a break, right? Everyone deserves time off and sure. you know needs to go reset and get you know get their their business. But if you have if you are you know constantly having zero months and you've been in this business a while, it just might not be for you. Or you need to have a major reset in your thinking, a major reset in the type of business that you that you do or you need to surround yourself with people le- that are you know, doing well so that you can mirror what they're doing.
1: You need to change something. Yeah. <laughs> if, if it's not working, you need to change something. Absolutely. So, and, and there's a lot of business out there. I mean, right
0: now with the millennials and uh, I think half of them, or I think it's half of the workforce now has some element of uh, side hustle, we call it, or, you know, the gig economy. Um, yeah. And that's, there's, there's a lot of business out there. People, they don't, they don't even really know. There's a lot of lack of awareness about, what we can do, the products that we can do. I mean, literally, you know, you watch YouTube. Do you watch YouTube, right? You see ads. You don't ever see an ad for someone who can buy a home without a tax return. Never. I've never Never seen an ad. And that product, you know, is would be so helpful for people that, you know, make money on YouTube or people that, you know, that are, um, you know, life coaches or, you know, what do they call them, influencers, you know, that are making sure. money on in, on Instagram. It's crazy how much people can make uh, just online now doing
1: stuff, right? We should start doing YouTube ads. <laughs>
0: Are we monetizing this, John T.? So to, to unpack that more, Steven, so how did you get yourself you know, out of a rut from getting your teeth kicked in to having some success and actually starting to see momentum in your career? Like, What was the thing that triggered that You know, that the big thing, thing I had,
1: uh, I remember my first sales job, they had a motivational speaker come in, and, and I know that's kind of, I don't really like using that word because uh, what it's come to mean nowadays. Everyone's a freaking motivational speaker, right? Yeah. But he, he did, and he, he, he gave me his book, and it was the first book I read. Keep in mind, I was 25 years old, college guy, never read any books. But I read this book. and Probably the first book you actually liked. Probably that's what it was. Right. The right. First book that actually got my like, oh, dude, there is a, there is a way to to, to, read. Do, to be happy, <laughs> and to actually improve yourself. Right. It's a self improvement book. That's all it was. So that was the big first thing. I started reading self-improvement books, the Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hills. Success it like get, get, was there like an excitement
0: that started welling up inside of you or like what was... Stimulated me. You started, do you think it was resonating maybe like with your your desires, right? Like some people have big, big dreams. They, they want the, the flashy, fancy things, but then they don't. You know, they don't do the work that that kind of can get them there. Sure, but you know, if in especially, you, you're never going to get there unless you know you have the desire to work to get to that to that spot. Yeah. So when you started reading these things, and it started piquing your interest and got you excited, what what was it? Did you make goals? Like specifically, did you say, okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z? Like what, what did you specifically do from that point to make success happen?
1: Good question. So the first thing I did, I, I really started reading a lot. And then eventually that got me over into... You know, setting goals and how important that was, and I started setting goals for myself. And just just based off of that, I, I saw a pretty big increase. I remember I switched positions, and that's when I got in the business financing world, and that's when you know I started making at least six figures. Till so then, I never had. I, I you know I thought I was once you make a hundred grand, you're like, dude, I made it, I yeah. made it. Until you realize a hundred grand is actually no money, yeah. you know. But anyways, I I got to that point and. um, I remember that's when I kind of started listening to guys like Grant Cardone and really get not so much self kind of more towards sales and practical sales, not so much philosophical self-improvement stuff. So when I started to combine the two, getting better myself and then getting practical sales skill, that's when the doors really started opening for me. And I really became a different person, probably a matter. And keep in mind, this wasn't like in two weeks, three weeks. This is probably about a really a six... Six months, things—I would say about three to four months—things things started to change. Say a year, things really started to change, and I'd say eighteen months to to like twenty months, things like really, really started to change. Right. So, dude, it takes it takes time, and and John knows. But I'm, very, I'm so impatient sometimes. It was luckily I was at a point where I needed to be patient, right? Because I wasn't succeeding, right? You know, now that I've succeeded, and when I don't succeed, I get very impatient. That's something I'm working on now. So it's always a work in progress, man. You know, you're gonna have ups and downs, and you gotta. Uh, like you said, keep doing your deal and, and stay true to what you believe and stay true to what you're doing. You know, eventually, if you keep working your ass off and you believe in what you're doing and the opportunities there, it will come to fruition.
0: That's right. That's absolutely true, man. You and know? so
1: just and don't give up. You got to keep at it. Shit, you know, keep
0: working, keep working and. You know, you think of the first farmer, right, that planted all the seeds and just did they just sit there and watch, you know? Like it took time. Yeah. Like then finally it all like sprouted and they're like, "What?" you know? And that's kind of how it happens, right? You just keep working on yourself, you keep working on your skills, and then over time, you'll start seeing. And actually people might even mention things to you like, "Man, you know a lot about that." Or you know, they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll start you you'll they'll recognize the work that you're doing. Like especially like we want everything to happen overnight. You know, that's just our our inpatient mentality a lot. Especially us millennials. is well yeah. Well <laughs> I mean all I think all human nature too, but yeah. Sure. But um, you know, you can easily use the example of someone going to the gym, right? You you you'll start seeing results over time and people then might be like, Whoa, dude, you've been working out, you know, or or whatever. But, you know, you can't expect to go to the gym once and then have a six pack or have, you know, big, you know, whatever. You can't. So I think you just got to use that same mentality. Okay, I'm working on this every single day. I'm going to get better every single day. And then, you know, over six months time, maybe a year, you know, you're going to definitely improve. So I, th- I think that's good advice.
1: Yeah. And, and and like you said, you know, anything that's worth having today, it, 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 typically it takes time. You know, job, job success, job satisfaction, uh, uh, strong relationships, dude, it takes time. It just
0: doesn't happen overnight. We got to keep improving ourselves and, you know